Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, a joint podcast from The China Project and Caixin Global. We bring you the most critical business and finance news from China. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast, part of the China Project. On this week's episode, hospitals across China are struggling to keep up with the surge of patients following eased COVID measures, and the rise in cases has been driving Chinese mainlanders to Macau for mRNA shots. In business news, China and U.S. regulators reached a major breakthrough in a long-running audit dispute. Let's jump right in. The country's hospitals are feeling the first shock of a giant wave of COVID infections as local governments begin to end sweeping pandemic lockdowns, lengthy quarantines, and mass testing. China's state council rolled out a new 10-point plan on December 7th that signaled an end to the country's zero-COVID controls. Cities such as Guangzhou, Shijiazhuang and Beijing have taken the lead in implementing the new policy, but hospitals are unprepared for the steep surge in cases. This is because under the previous COVID control model, community workers and grassroots pandemic prevention personnel undertook the main work of detection, transfer, and isolation of infected people. But under the new guidelines, hospitals are the first line of defense. As a result, Fever clinics in many cities were filled with long lines of patients, and cross-infections between patients and doctors have begun to emerge. One of the challenges seen in many hospitals is separating COVID patients from non-COVID ones. Even though official guidelines require COVID patients to be separated in single rooms, in reality, hospitals can't keep up with the surging number of patients, and such is the case in Wuhan, according to one doctor in the city. A doctor at a Beijing hospital told Caixin that about 20% of its doctors were off-duty due to their own infections or being close contacts of infected patients, leaving the rest of staff with a heavier workload. Local authorities said the city's fever clinics admitted 22,000 patients on Sunday, 16 times the number of a week earlier. A doctor at a Guangzhou hospital told Caixin that the hospital is severely understaffed as more than 200 people have been dispatched to makeshift quarantine hospitals. Experts have predicted a peak of infections in the next one to three months 
with about 60% of the population infected, which could further squeeze already swamped emergency rooms and intensive care units and burn out healthcare workers. As China's COVID crisis deepens, the National Health Commission stopped counting asymptomatic infections starting Wednesday, citing difficulties in accurately recording the total number. This is a significant change in China's long-running COVID reporting system, which has been tallying asymptomatic cases alongside symptomatic ones since April 2020, when China brought its first major outbreak under control. Meanwhile, China is carrying out a second round of vaccine booster shots for high-risk groups. This comes as local governments were urged to speed up vaccination of the elderly. The country has set a vaccination target of 90% of people over 80 years old to have taken at least one dose by the end of the month. At the same time, droves of Chinese mainland residents have been traveling to Macau to get BioNTech's mRNA vaccines. Appointments at the Hospital of Macau University of Science and Technology, the only vaccination site open to mainland tourists, have been full for days. mRNA vaccines, led by products developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna, are not yet available on the Chinese mainland, despite being widely used around the world. Clinical trials show that these vaccines have among the highest efficacy rates against COVID-19. Nonetheless, the rapid unwinding of zero-COVID restrictions has generated some uplifting news. The exit from zero-COVID has spurred a sharp recovery in China's air travel market, throwing a lifeline to the nation's big three airlines, which have racked up billions of dollars of losses since the start of the pandemic. Several thousands of flights per day have returned to the skies recently, with domestic flight activity jumping to around 65% of pre-pandemic levels on Monday from just 22% on November 29th, according to Chinese aviation data from Veriflight. Ticket sales for the Lunar New Year period have also surged. However, this lust for travel could be short-lived, as the widespread surge in cases could discourage some travelers afraid of getting infected. And that's all for the latest COVID updates from China. Let's move on to the business side of things. China and U.S. regulators have reached a major breakthrough in a long-running audit dispute. About 200 companies based on the Chinese mainland and Hong Kong no longer face an immediate threat of being kicked off American stock exchanges after U.S. authorities reported successful audit reviews, sending China shares surging. Inspectors of the U.S. Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, or PCAOB, have been able to sufficiently review audit documents from businesses based in the two jurisdictions, the agency said Thursday. China previously denied inspections of so-called work papers of mainland and Hong Kong-based accounting firms that audit public companies, citing national security and confidentiality concerns. The U.S. moved to pass a law in Congress in 2020 that would allow the SEC to ban companies from trading on American exchanges if the PCAOB was unable to check their audit work papers for three consecutive years. The first delisting was originally about to happen as soon as 2024. At least for now, the 200-plus companies, including big names like Alibaba, Pinduoduo, and Baidu, can breathe a sigh of relief. Moving on to some not-so-good news for the ongoing trade fight between China and the U.S., 
The government has, the U.S. government has blacklisted three dozen Chinese tech companies in an escalating trade fight as part of a push to hinder China's access to advanced semiconductor chipmaking and AI technology for military use. The companies added to the so-called entity list this round include Yangtze Memory Technologies, a major memory chip producer, and Shanghai Microelectronics Equipment Group. Being on the list means that any American company seeking to supply the Chinese company with U.S. technology will be required to get an extremely hard-to-obtain license from Washington. The export, cur- the export curbs could further squeeze China's homegrown chip-making industry despite Beijing despite the fact that Beijing has poured tens of billions of dollars into developing its capabilities. But that's not all sticks and no carrots. The U.S. has also removed about two dozen Chinese companies from a preliminary unverified list because Beijing allowed U.S. representatives to check that they are complying with the rules. And we'll wrap up with a roundup of the arrest of a Chinese property tycoon in London. Zhang Li co-founder of Chinese developer Guangzhou R&F Properties, also known as Fuli Dijan, has been arrested in London and is wanted in the U.S. on bribery allegations. 69-year-old Zhang, who is also the co-chairman and CEO of Hong Kong-listed R&F, allegedly bribed San Francisco officials by providing kickbacks and funds to obtain permits for a construction project. A London court heard the case on Monday and granted Zhang bail at 15 million pounds, that's around 18 million U.S. dollars, the joint highest sum ever recorded in a U.K. court, according to Bloomberg. The billionaire is now under house arrest and facing extradition proceedings. He is contesting his transfer to the U.S., where a provisional warrant has been issued in California. In a Tuesday statement, R&F dismissed the bribery charges against Zhang. His company is one of many troubled developers struggling with a cash crunch amid a prolonged property crisis in China. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Finance reporter Yu Kun Zhang to talk about a major change that could be happening in the accounting world in China. We have followed for a long time all these developments in the long-running saga of Chinese-listed companies, their work papers, their accounting firms, and the SEC. But as we will see, that is not the only big issue that the big four accounting firms face in China. So hello, Yu Kun, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kaiser. It's great to be here. So we're here today to talk about the big four accounting firms, which have dominated China's accounting industry for decades now. Uh, But as we are about to find out, that could be changing. So to start us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about these big four in China? Okay. The big four are PwC, that is PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, Deloitte, and Ernst & Young. Their audit businesses have been present in China since 1992, when the Chinese government first allowed global accounting firms to set up joint ventures with domestic accounting firms. For years, these joint ventures battered their homegrown peers and audited many Chinese companies that IPO'd domestically or overseas, including China's big four state-owned commercial banks. By 2013, The joint ventures had gone through a government-mandated localization reform and became de facto Chinese firms. 
These days, the big four dominate the market for auditing financial institutions and U.S.-listed Chinese companies. They audited the 2021 accounts of roughly 60% of all Chinese companies traded on the U.S. stock market. Well, that all sounds very rosy. So, what exactly is the problem? Things got a little thorny for the Chinese big four when a years-long dispute between Beijing and Washington over the access to the audit working papers of U.S.-listed Chinese businesses blew up in the past year or so. The U.S. SEC has said Chinese firms may be delisted if U.S. authorities can't review these papers for three straight years, while China had previously refused on the ground of national security concerns. And the Chinese speak for were caught in this crossfire. They often got questioned by their clients, asking whether they are able to refuse to cooperate with the requirements of their foreign partners. And are they able to? It's not really a valid question. Because globally, the big four accounting networks are structured in such a way that business entities in each country are not part of a parent group that controls or manages them. They are independent legal entities in a global network that uses the same professional and management standards as well as technical tools to carry out accounting work. The Chinese big four are not controlled or managed by any overseas company, and they have to abide by Chinese laws and regulations to operate in China. This apparently has been hard for many of their clients, or even the regulators, to grasp, according to sources in the Big Four. Now that the audit dispute seems to have eased off a bit, as U.S. authorities have just said that they were able to successfully review the audit documents, does that translate into smoother times ahead for the Chinese Big Four? Not necessarily. The audit dispute is only one of the problems the Big Four are dealing with in China. Another problem is growing competition from homegrown accounting firms. These homegrown firms have been building up their skills and brands for years, and some also join global accounting networks such as BDO. They also don't hesitate to use low prices to undercut their rivals in biddings. Homegrown firms have capitalized on the audit dispute and gained market share, especially in auditing state-backed firms such as state-owned banks. Well, it sounds like a very cutthroat situation. Are Chinese authorities doing anything about it? Yes, they're trying to keep price wars among accounting firms in check. Amid concerns that price cutting could lead auditors to compromise on quality, in August 2021, the State Council released guidelines for the healthy development of the accounting industry, calling for an end to vicious competition. In April this year. The finance ministry also published draft rules on the hiring of accounting firms by state-owned and listed companies. The draft rules aim to rein in price wars and push the big four and homegrown firms to compete based on the quality of their services. Thanks a lot, Yukun, for all that information. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and by Kelsey Chung, Lin Jinbing. Michael Bellart and Zhan Wang at Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Check out some of the other great podcasts on the Seneca Network, like the amazing China in Africa podcast and China Corner Office. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to Access from the China Project. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.